Open wide and tuck in to Spooning with Mark Wogan, the brand new visualized podcast where Mark takes you on a unique culinary journey, blindfolded. With a dollop of lighthearted chat, a spoonful of hilarious blindfolded food tasting, and a sprinkle of top tier guests like Jimmy Carr, Claudia Winkleman, and Joe Wicks. In partnership with Gressingham Duck, download their free recipe booklet for tips to dine in with Duck. Check out delicious new episodes of Spooning with Mark Wogan every Thursday. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is The World in 10 on Sunday, the 1st of January, New Year's Day. I'm Eleanor Shearwood, and today we're changing things up slightly. On this special episode of The World in 10, we'll look to the year ahead. I've been speaking to the Times of London's correspondents all over the world to find out more about the key events where they are. Coming up, we look forward to the King's coronation. They've said it will reflect the monarch's role today and look towards the future while being rooted in long-standing traditions and pantry. They want it every way. Uh, they want past, present and future there. And as India prepares to overtake China and become the world's most populous country, we find out the effect on people there. There simply isn't enough of what people need. The roads are congested. There aren't enough doctors or hospitals for their huge population. Uh, in many areas, there isn't uh, sufficient electricity. They have power for only a few hours a day. There's a shortage of water. The Times of London. Save the date, King Charles's coronation will be on the 6th of May at Westminster Abbey in London. Despite coronation ceremonies being over a thousand years old, Buckingham Palace says this one will look towards the future. I wasn't too sure what that would look like in practice, and the Times of London's royal correspondent Valentine Lowe says we don't yet know. We know that there are certain fundamental things at the heart of it, long, you know, incredible ancient traditions about the anointing and, uh, and the recognition and the homage and the enthronement um, stuff, uh, which was is, is quite extraordinary. And the core of it is the anointing with holy oil of the monarch, which of course um, in 1953 was one of the few bits of the Queen's coronation that was not televised. It was deemed too special, too kind of intimate. So how the coronation will look to the future is an interesting question. I mean, it's quite clear that this will be a sort of more diverse and a sort of younger, uh, I think, ceremony than happened in 1953. But how they'll do that, because it's still going to be an Angl Anglican service. Yeah. Now, Charles would also want to make a nod to the fact that Britain is a multi-faith society. Um, but beyond having people from other faiths representing other faiths present in the Abbey. I'm not sure how he'll do that. But yeah, we've, we've, we've still got a lot to learn and it's going to be fascinating as it unfolds in the coming months. But Valentine Lowe can tell us about how it will compare to the Queen's coronation back in 1953. 
it won't be nearly so lavish or extravagant as last time. I mean, the site was sort of sold as marching 12 abreast for sort of <laughs> seemingly hours on end. Just won't be happening. And, and I'll be talking about, you know, budget coronations and cut price coronations. I think that's absolute nonsense. I mean, uh, the idea that it'll somehow be cut price just because they're not splurging zillions on it is ludicrous. Um, I think they, the palace, the government will still try to put on a spectacular display without being you know, quite so extraordinary and lavish as last time. The Times of London. Now, for hundreds of years, China has been the world's most populous country. However, that won't be the case for too much longer, as India is set to overtake it this year. The UN believes that will happen around the 14th of April. But what does that actually mean? And how has overpopulation affected India already? Well, I asked our India correspondent, Amrit Dillon. Well, it's hard to know where to start because it's impacting every single aspect of life. You can see it everywhere. Um, There simply isn't enough of what people need. The roads are congested. There aren't enough doctors or hospitals for their huge population. Uh, In many areas, there isn't uh, sufficient electricity. They have power for only a few hours a day in rural areas. There's a shortage of water. In schools, classrooms are far too big. There aren't enough teachers. So let me just give you two examples. There are not enough judges for India's population. As a result of this, there are 40 million legal cases pending in the courts, and it can take, uh, easily it can take 10 to 15 to 20 years to get a verdict on your particular case, which might just be a simple property dispute. So basically there is intense competition for every resource, whether it's buses, whether it's trains, whether it's housing. If you want to book a train ticket, you have to book four months in advance. Uh, So basically, yes, it's every aspect of daily life which is affected. Surely it won't just affect people, though. How bad will the impact be on the environment, for example, or the country's resources? Well, that's also fairly uh, severe uh, because the country's natural resources are being depleted. In farming, farmers, uh, you have a shortage of water, the forests are being cut down, you have the most horrific pollution in most Indian cities because there's so many cars on the roads because there are so many people. So overall, you're getting a general degradation of the natural environment. And uh, in some cities, they're saying, including the capital, New Delhi, uh, some experts are saying that uh, you could see some cities totally running out of water by about 2035, which will have an impact on millions of Indians. That's terrifying. And do you think that's something that will get worse? Can we expect the population to keep growing and growing? Surely there must be a limit. Well, the population growth will continue for the moment. But the good news is that it'll continue, but then then, uh, it'll reach a peak and start coming down. But that's all going to take a little bit of time. The most heartening thing is that India's fertility rate has dropped to two. That is, most couples are having an average of about two children. This is a huge improvement on the 1950s and 60s. Women were having an average of six children. So that's good. But the point is that even if couples are only having about two children each on average, that in absolute numbers, that is still a lot of people who are going to have children, and those children are going to have children. And so in that sense, the population will, will go on increasing. But experts say that about by about 2050, 2055, it should peak at about uh, 
six billion. And then finally, around 2060 or so, uh, it should start coming down, which will be good news for everyone. On the way, a crucial moment in Brazilian politics and a huge pop contest comes to the UK. The Times of London. We're moving to Brazil next, where we won't need to look too far into the future to find something significant happening. Today, Lula da Silva is once again being sworn in as president after an incredibly tight election runoff against Jair Bolsonaro. Lula picked up 50.9% of votes. So I asked Stephen Gibbs, the Times correspondent in Brazil, whether the closeness of the election would make things difficult for him. It will change the, the Lula administration and, and complicate it. I mean, there are, of course, who, who say that it's a good thing that it was a close election because it means that Lula can be less extreme. The Congress is sort of quite balanced in a way and will moderate his ability, I think is, is a better way to put it. He, as I say, was, was president twice before, left office in 2011, one of the most popular leaders the world has ever seen with sort of 80% plus support. But those were very different days. That was, um, you know, during a commodities boom. Uh, this time he's taking over in much more complicated times, both for Brazil and, of course, for the global economy. So uh, it's going to be a, a much more difficult third round for him. OK, so Lula's not going to have the easiest time. But what does he actually want to do while he's in office? What he said he's going to do is reverse quite a lot of what Bolsonaro has done. One of the key things of that, and which has got the most international attention, is the Amazon. Uh, under Bolsonaro, there has been uh, sharp levels of deforestation. Now, Lula says that that's all going to stop. There's going to be a zero acceptance of deforestation. Easier said than done, of course. Where this is all happening is quite a lawless area, so it makes things quite complicated. He also has made a whole lot of promises that uh, he thinks it's completely unjust that in a country that produces a third, is all the third biggest producer of food in the world, um, tens of millions of Brazilians struggle to feed themselves every day. So he says there's going to be a sort of zero tolerance for that too. Up next, with what might happen in the ongoing Live Golf saga this year, here's Times sports writer Rick Broadbent. 2023 is going to be a huge year for um, golf in general um, and the power struggle between Live Golf, who are the Saudi-backed breakaway league, which is going to become a full-blown league in 2023, and the established tours. But this is all going to um, escalate in 2023 when... Um, the first major court case is going to happen. That's basically European live golf players who are um, protesting against sanctions. So if that goes the way of live golf, those players will be free to play in the Ryder Cup um, on the DP World Tour, which is what the European Tour is now. And they will have to um, somehow live happily together. It's more complicated in America, where the court cases are not due to take place till 2024, which puts a huge... Um, question mark over the Ryder Cup, which happens in Rome uh, in September. At the moment, American players who have gone to live won't be able to play for that. That includes some big-time players like Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau. So it's it's quite important how this whole thing uh, resolves in terms of the legal cases. The Times of London. In the world of entertainment, there's only one event that stands out every year for Europeans. That's right, I'm talking about the Eurovision Song Contest. And for those of you listening who have no idea what I'm on about, here's a taster. Oh, no. 
Every year, countries send in their all-singing and sometimes all-dancing entries. They then score one another and those points, combined with the public vote, decide who claims victory. The winning country becomes the host for the following year's contest. But 2023 will be a bit different. To explain why, here's the presenter of the official Eurovision podcast, and more importantly, the world in 10, Steve Holden. Eurovision is coming to the United Kingdom for the first time since 1998 and the buzz around Liverpool is is genuinely amazing. It's going to be held, the actual show, at the MLS Bank Arena, which is right on the River Mersey. There's going to be, as well as the grand final, two semi-finals. There's going to be a whole week of events in Liverpool. And the area around Pierhead is going to be like a fan zone. There's going to be big screens. There'll be performances. There'll be Ukrainian culture and heritage. Because remember, Ukraine won last year's Eurovision Song Contest in 2022 and the UK are hosting on behalf of Ukraine. I do genuinely believe that loads of people across the UK are going to get on board with Eurovision 2023. Uh, It's a massive event. It's going to be brilliant and I can't wait. That's the world in slightly over 10 today, but we did have an entire year to cover. From all of us here at the Times of London, have a very happy new year. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts. Open wide and tuck in to Spooning with Mark Wogan, the brand new visualized podcast where Mark takes you on a unique culinary journey, blindfolded. With a dollop of lighthearted chat, a spoonful of hilarious blindfolded food tasting, and a sprinkle of top tier guests like Jimmy Carr, Claudia Winkleman, and Joe Wicks. In partnership with Gressingham Duck, download their free recipe booklet for tips to dine in with Duck. Check out delicious new episodes of Spooning with Mark Wogan every Thursday.